This is CliffCentral.com. There are definitely many applications that this technology is going to be used for. Many people feel that this technology is going to disrupt every industry. That still remains to be seen. Blockchain is one of those terms that has become ubiquitous. Everybody uses it. People start talking about blockchain in respective places where it isn't even necessarily applicable. But there are hundreds of places where, and probably even thousands, maybe even millions in the future, of places where blockchain might become relevant to you and to me. But what exactly is it, and how does it all work, and how will it affect you? The Decrypto series is sponsored by Luno, Africa's first cryptocurrency platform. Sonia Cunnell's on the line. We're going to talk to her about blockchain. Sonia, blockchain technology is represented by people um, who, who don't really know what it is sometimes as being this terrific solution to all of humanity's problems. And then you get other people who say, oh, no, it's just another you know, notch in the, the, the coding belt that will eventually get us to a point where machines outthink human beings. Uh, and some people say it's neither of those things. It's just a useful application. Um, can you help us to understand at basic principles what blockchain technology is? So blockchain technology is quite complex to understand, but really at a high level, it is just a decentralized, distributed, shared ledger that records transactions. Mm-hmm. And why it's receiving so much attention is because for the first time, we have a technology that solves the issue of a digital copy. So, for example, when I send you a file over the Internet or email, the actual file is not sent to you, but a duplicate of the file is created. Makes sense. So now, with the example with Bitcoin, um, when we send Bitcoin, the actual Bitcoin is sent from me to you and not a copy, not a digital copy of that Bitcoin is sent. So uh, this is solving the, the issue of the double spend problem. And this now means for the first time I can send money over the internet directly from one person to the other without the need of an intermediary such as a bank or a payment processing company. And this ensures that the payment obviously is therefore not a copy of the original. And this has huge implications for the speed and the cost of the transactions. Um, When you're removing these intermediaries, you are ensuring a much faster transaction as well as more cost-effective, and this is also a very secure way of making a payment. Mm -hmm. And this is really why blockchain and cryptocurrencies are receiving so much attention. Um, And it's also important to note that there are many different types of blockchain technologies. And so for the purpose of this explanation, I'm referring to the Bitcoin blockchain, as this was the first type of blockchain that was created, and it was created in 2009. So blockchain really it's, uh, is the technology underpinning Bitcoin, the, the cur- cryptocurrency. So it's important to distinguish between the two. Bitcoin and blockchain are definitely not the same thing. Okay. Um, so similar to how the internet used a protocol called TCP IP, blockchain is the protocol or the technology and Bitcoin is the asset, for example, on top of that blockchain. Um, and many organizations and individuals are now putting other types of assets on top of the blockchain. Uh, for example, such as diamonds, properties, bonds, equities, and many other types of assets. Um, and this enables the transfer of value within seconds instead of days and months. 
So how do Bitcoin and blockchain interface with each other? What's the difference between the two and how do they how do they both work in the same ecosystem? I mean, which one do we need to understand in order to understand the other? So really how blockchain technology is created, um, you have these transactions that are stored in blocks and that are verified by a network of computers or as we refer to them as nodes. And these computers or nodes um, are incentivized to verify these transactions uh, by receiving Bitcoin as a reward. So every time these computers or nodes solve a mathematical algorithm or equation, they receive uh, some Bitcoin as an incentive and a reward. Now, we are currently over 16 million Bitcoin that have been already issued out of the network. And there is a limited supply of Bitcoin, and the supply cap is 20, about 21 million. Mm-hmm. And it's very important to note that Bitcoin is not a completely anonymous. It's pseudonymous, which means that every Bitcoin can be traced back to when it was issued. Sonia, are there any concerns around the security of a system like, you know, the blockchain, for example? I mean, we talk about old traditional systems and they could be hacked. Can the blockchain be hacked? So issues such as fraud within institutions can be limited because of the blockchain's transparent nature. Each transaction is recorded, so an audit trail exists, which is immutable, which means these transactions cannot be tampered with or deleted. And because multiple copies of the same updated data exists, there is no means of this data ever being lost. It also means that because intermediaries are not required in the transactions, aid agencies, for example, cannot directly send aid to individuals without the need to go through intermediaries such as a bank, as was the case recently with United Nations World Food Programs Project, where they sent aid directly to the refugees in Jordan and Syria. Does blockchain technology democratize the economy? Does it make it more difficult for people who are at the lower end of the socioeconomic scale to participate? Financial inclusion is, of course, a hot topic. And blockchain technology can enable individuals to have something, as we refer to it, as a self-sovereign identity, which allows them to become financially included in a country's economy, as they can now have a digital identity which they are in control of, and they can share the information, their information to a third party, only with their consent. This means that third parties now also don't have to do their own KYC, for example, or identity verification. Um, A company in the U.S. called Civic allows users to use an app for their own identity management. And if, for example, a bank or another third party would like to do a KYC process, on this individual, they can ask permission from the individual for this information. So without being simplistic about this, is there anyone in charge? In the case of public blockchains, such as Bitcoin and the Ethereum blockchain, no one controls the blockchain. However, it's important to note that there is a community, such as developers, businesses and miners, that can, by consensus, decide to change certain aspects or rules of the code or create their own version of the blockchain. Right. 
Uh, and we saw this happening with Bitcoin and Ethereum already over the last few years. What I'd like to do is just ask you one or two of the uh, the potential applications for this, um, you know, where we could see blockchain going. Quite apart from the cryptocurrencies and, and perhaps some of the, the banking systems and the other places that are trying blockchain and some of them more successfully than others. Where Where do you see it going? We are still very much in the early stages of blockchain technology and even though uh, blockchain technology was created in 2009, nine years ago, we are still seeing there are issues with certain blockchains. Uh, one, for example, is a scaling issue. But we are seeing a lot of solutions around scaling issue being built on both Bitcoin and Ethereum. So the potential applications are definitely there. And we are already seeing massive companies like IBM, for example, working with the shipping industry uh, to streamline all the inefficiencies that happen in the supply chain when importing and exporting of certain goods. We're also seeing certain retailers, for example, Walmart, uh, using blockchain technology to track the providence of meat, for example, to ensure that the meat that they buy from China is actually coming from China and that it is actually the meat that they say the meat is. Mm-hmm. Other applications, for example are in the medical industry. We're seeing patients potentially can store their health records on the blockchain, which means that there is one version of the truth. So when a patient goes to a different doctor, the doctor is able, with the consent of the patient, to retrieve that record and have an accurate reflection of the patient's record. We're also seeing it in the insurance industry. Uh, Insurers are now looking at how they can prevent um, fraud, for example, when they issue an asset on the blockchain, they can trace the entire life history of that asset from when it's issued until it's completed. Do you do you foresee any world in the future where we might be able to vote on a blockchain, uh, take up referenda? I mean, can you imagine how, how easy that would make political participation? Um, countries like Estonia have experimented with issuing their citizens something called an e-citizen or a digital identity. And these citizens are able to then use this digital identity for voting. Very exciting application. Obviously, we're also seeing a lot of activity with cross-border payments. Um, Financial institutions are looking at how they can send cross-border payments from one bank to another um, much faster and much cheaper than exists today. Today, a cross-border payment can take days and sometimes even weeks to clear. We also saw Project Corka, which was recently done, a project done by the South African Reserve Bank in collaboration with several of South Africa's major banks and Consensus as a technology partner for interbank settlement using the a, a permission-based version of the Ethereum blockchain. So these are all very exciting Obviously, there are still some issues that need to be sorted out around this technology, but there are definitely many applications that this technology is going to be used for. Many people feel that this technology is going to disrupt every industry. That still remains to be seen. As I said, it is still early days, but there are sort of very uh, exciting applications coming out of this technology, and I look forward to seeing where this is going to go. Well, I look forward to seeing the applications of blockchain technology too, and I look forward to you being able to guide us through it. It's not as complicated as people think. There are ways to understand these things, and we're hoping to decode and decrypt some of them for you. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Decrypto, brought to you by Luno, the best platform to become educated on all things crypto. Luno makes it safe and easy to buy, store, and learn about cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum. Just visit luno.com forward slash decrypto and sign up to redeem the exclusive promo code if you've listened to this series. This is cliffcentral.com.